You're listening to episode number 10 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where I take you into part two of my journey through weight loss, emotional eating, my struggle with body image, all the things, and how you can come out of it too, just like I did. Master Life and Weight Loss Coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode. So this is going to be part two of my weight loss journey. I decided after I hit the 30-minute mark that I should probably stop there and then keep going in a separate episode. So let's pick things up where we left off. So if you have not listened to part one yet, go back and listen because it really sets the foundation and kind of brings you up through about 2016, which was was where we left off. So I had done this four-month program, and it was designed to help you lose 20 pounds. I lost zero. I basically like dropped out. I stopped attending the calls. I stopped weighing in. I stopped all contact. And I really, I didn't reach out for help or support. And I thought it was all my fault. I thought the problem was with me. I just needed to try harder. I just needed more willpower. I just needed to figure this out. Like something must be wrong with me. This is how she lost her weight. Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I do it? And so I was still terrified of carbs. I was still terrified of fat. I was still, I was trying to follow her plan, but psychologically, I like, I couldn't. And anytime the scale didn't move or it went up, heaven forbid, it like went up a pound, I'd be like, oh crap, that's it. I got it. Got to go back to restriction. Like, see, I can't eat carbs and lose weight. Like she has lost her mind. Like this is crazy. Maybe she can lose, you know, lose weight eating carbs, but I can't. My body can't do that. And so I, I really, really struggled. So I was explaining how, and so this brought me up through the summer of 2016. Hubby came back in the fall and we were living in North Carolina. And I remember it was at some point within the first couple of months of him being back, it was still cold outside. So somewhere in probably that January, February timeframe, I remember standing outside of the bathroom, kind of in this little hallway between our bathroom and the kitchen. And I remember just crying, like breaking down and sobbing because I was exercising. I was running every day. I had gotten injured. I had tendonitis in my ankle, so I couldn't run anymore. So now I was walking every day on an incline and doing the stair stepper. And I was doing all these things to still try and burn fat, to burn calories. And I was trying to not eat carbs. and I was trying to cut calories. I was trying so hard to lose the weight and I couldn't. And I think I think he had, was getting frustrated with the fact that I you know, couldn't take a day off from the gym and I was so like focused on I have to work out and I can only eat these foods and I can't eat that and and I and I think he was just kind of expressing some of that like irritation at why I I couldn't get it together and and I just remember like breaking down thinking like I'm trying so hard to lose the weight and I can't like I'm trying <laughs> like I have been trying for so long and I just can't do it like there I I don't know what else to do and I felt like well I just have to do it harder I just have to eat less and exercise more. I didn't go on the search for what can I do different or what else. It was like, no, the solution is clear. I need to cut carbs. Like, like that is the solution. The science proves it. The research shows that, you know, our cognitive performance improves when we are on a low carb diet. Like I just need to 
do this harder. I need to try harder. I need more willpower. And it was it was a very vulnerable moment for me, but nothing necessarily got better. If anything, I just felt more like a burden because I, my habits were impacting my husband and I was creating like irritation or frustration or I was creating like a life that he didn't enjoy or I was making things difficult for him. I had a lot of thoughts around like feeling the struggle between well, I want to lose weight, but my weight loss journey is, or my my desire and the, like my habits now are making, are straining my marriage. They're straining this relationship. It's creating a problem. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't have coaching. I didn't have the thought processes and the different things that I have now looking back and I'm thinking, oh, I would have handled that so much differently. But it really just shows where I was at emotionally with wanting to feel better about myself, wanting to feel pretty, wanting to feel good enough, thin enough. And like I said, you know, it was like my thoughts around emotional eating was like, oh, well, once my husband gets back, well, then things will be better. And things weren't just magically better. I didn't stop emotionally eating. Things may have you know, changed a little bit. You know, I may not have been emotionally eating because he was gone, but now it was still because I wasn't good enough. I I still was lacking and struggling in certain areas. So he ended up getting out of the military in 2017. He was in the Marine Corps for about 10 years. And, and so we decided that it was it just, it was a good opportunity to get out. We felt like it was a great experience. We really enjoyed our time in, and now we were ready to start our new life out of that. <laughs> and and kind of in the in the civilian world. So we temporarily moved to Georgia. Then we moved up to Virginia. And I started working. We were waiting on his security clearance. So I started working as a nanny. And I was the main breadwinner at this point. So we were living in Arlington, which is a very high cost of living. I think our, our rent was like, you know, the base rent was $2,500 a month. And so we we needed the money. And so I was like, all right, I got to go get a job. What's going to be the fastest way, the quickest way? So I started applying for different office jobs, marketing, and I also applied for nanny jobs since I had been a nanny in the past. And that was the first one that that picked me up. I had you know, an interview on offer same day and I was able to start the next week. So it was in a way for us to very quickly start to make money. By the end of the second week, I realized that that was not the job that I wanted. <laughs> it was not what I felt like I was called to do. It was not kind of in line with my life's purpose. I felt like it was not like it was like I wasn't necessarily use, utilizing my gifts and skills and strengths and talents in the most efficient and effective way. So I I would watch, uh, the kids were all school-aged, so I was basically a glorified chauffeur. I drove the kids around after school and driving them around the DC, Virginia, Maryland area where there's a lot of traffic is quite stressful, <laughs> especially when kids have like back-to-back things and I need to pick up one child and then get their you know brother or sister to the next practice and then go back and pick up child one and then drop off child three. And you know there was a lot of logistical maneuvering in addition to making sure did they eat? Did they do their homework? You know, was the house clean? Were their rooms picked up? Were the beds made? Was the laundry done? Did, did they have their uniforms, all the things. So while it wasn't necessarily a bad job, it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life. And so I found myself unable to get another job. I was applying for different ones, but not getting any bites, not getting any leads. I had a couple of interviews, but just nothing was happening. And so we got closer and closer to the holidays. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to stick it out through the end of the year. I'll pick things back up, you know, maybe start applying again in January, February. I ended up not doing that. I, I didn't start applying for more things until maybe the spring or the summer of the next year. But I really let my mind run amok. And every day, not not necessarily every day, I never dreaded going to work because it wasn't like it was hard. I just didn't enjoy it. And a lot of days, though, I would tell myself, like, this sucks. 
<laughs> you you should be doing more with your life. What are you doing? You're 30 some odd years old and you're a nanny and like, come on, like get it together. And you know, what's wrong with you? And I think there was some shame and guilt around not being able to get a better paying job, to get a quote, real job, an office job, to get something different. And I noticed that as, you know, I would eat, I, I would I typically wasn't hungry in the mornings. So I would, I would maybe have a coffee. I would start, I would have lunch. Once I got to the job, I would typically work 12 to 8 p.m. And so once I got in there for lunch, I would, I would either eat lunch there or eat lunch in the car when I went to pick up the kids, which was usually around 2 or around 2 p.m. or so. And I noticed that I started overeating every single day. I would overeat my lunch. And a lot of times I would be full, but I wouldn't quite feel satisfied because I'm still trying to exercise really hard. I'm still trying to run and lift weights and do all the things. Or at that point, I may not have been running as much. It may have just been walking and doing the stair climber and, you know, trying to burn a lot of calories though. So I'm trying to exercise a lot and eat as little as humanly possible to only eat, you know, like low carb. And and that was kind of the, the approach. There was never a, a set number of calories I think I was trying to eat. It was more just like less is better. So just eat as little as you can. <laughs> that was the goal. And so I'm doing that and I'm I'm not eating and you know lunch until, you know, 1 maybe 2 o'clock and I just found myself I was constantly overeating. I was I was looking for relief, I think from my thoughts, from my day. I was looking for something sweet then thereafter. So even though I wasn't hungry whatsoever, I would still have these like cravings and desires and and food urges for chocolate or a protein bar or something else. And so it was it felt very hard for me in that moment to to just stop. I felt like I was maybe eating really quickly and or looking back, I think I can see how I was eating really quickly and not giving my brain and stomach enough time to really sink and for my stomach to tell my brain, hey, you're not you're not hungry anymore. You can stop. But I did have a lot of urges for for sweets or maybe for nuts, peanut butter, things like that still came up. And I would find myself just kind of snacking in the car throughout the afternoon, throughout the evening, kind of snacking through dinner, not really having much of a dinner. I felt like I was always really good about eating lunch, but then dinner, it was kind of like, eh, I don't know what to eat. I'm kind of limited in what I can have. And I've already had all the things that I want to eat. Like, I don't want to eat more of that. So I was really in this place where I, yeah, I just, it, it was hard to figure out what, what to do. And because I wasn't really eating much of a dinner and just kind of eating all throughout the day, I never let my body fully digest all the food. It was just like, I was constantly feeding it. And then I would get home usually between 8.30 or 9 p.m. So I was getting home kind of late and now looking to decompress or unwind. So sometimes then it was, all right, let me grab a snack. Let me grab some ice cream. Let me have this. So at that point, my husband's already like in bed because he's got, you know, he's kind of working more normal, normal. He's more yeah, daytime hours. And then when he started his job, he was up earlier. And so he was going to bed earlier. And we didn't get as much time together. But I just noticed I was just constantly eating. And even when I became aware of like, okay, I'm eating when I'm not truly hungry. Why is this? I didn't know how to solve that on my own. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) What's going on? Like, why can't I just stop? Why does it feel so hard just to stop eating? And So I tried a couple of different things. I tried this course. There was a course on like binge eating. And I was like, well, I'm not quite binging, but maybe this will help. Maybe this is it. And basically this course, which I think was like four or $500, it told me, you just need to feel your feelings. And I was like, what the F is this? Like, (laughs) I am feeling my feelings. And I didn't think there was a lot of negativity I I was like, oh, well, I'm fine. Like, I'm pretty happy. Like, we're good. We're, marriage is okay. Like, nothing significant is happening. I don't feel depressed. I'm not, like, 
like I, I can't figure out like feel my feelings like what does that even mean and so it was like several several videos of like just feel your feelings and I'm like this is bullshit like <laughs> that was my exact thought was like okay so that wasn't really what I w- was hoping for which was disappointing but I thought, all right, well, let me see what else is out there. Let me start listening to some other things. So I had started listening to this other podcast and he had a a course and the course had came with group coaching. So I thought, oh, okay, this, this is it. Like, I think I know everything, but let me, let me see what else, like maybe I don't know. And I think there was this thought of like, maybe there's some information, something that I don't quite know yet. And that's, that, that's magically going to solve my problems. It's magically going to fix this, this challenge. And so I went through the course and I was like, okay, I kind of know all this information, but let me, let me keep going. Like, let me hop on a coaching call. And they did group coaching. And, and so I got on and raised my hand, get coached. I was like, you know, I kind of gave a little backstory, but I was like, look, I just, I'm, eating when I'm not hungry and I can't figure out why. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. And so he asked, you know, well, what are you eating? And I said, well, I'm eating lunch and I'm, I can tell I'm like, I'm overeating. I'm eating more than what I probably need. But then on top of it, now I'm eating like, like popcorn and protein bars and dark chocolate. And, you know, I'm trying to like make healthy choices, but I'm still eating when I'm not truly hungry. And he was like, well, I don't think that's a problem because I mean, you're making good choices. You're not, you're not eating like a candy bar or chips. Like at least you're eating healthier foods. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like Seriously? Like you're going to tell me that that's okay, that I can just keep eating when I'm not hungry and that that's not a problem because they're quote healthier foods. Like, well, duh, I already know that. But what, like I'm coming to you not to eat healthier. I'm coming to you because I have this problem of eating when I'm not hungry and I can't figure it out. So then I was like, all right, well, this didn't work. <laughs> More bullshit. <laughs> so I I didn't stop there though. I was like, okay, this wasn't it. This, this ended up not being the course, not being the program that I thought was actually going to solve my problem. But there's got to be a solution out there. There has to be something else. And so I don't know how I found it exactly, but I started listening to Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School and her podcast. And from there, I learned more about the thought model and this idea that uh, we have circumstances in our life and we have thoughts about those circumstances and our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings are what drive the action. And then the action is what creates the results. And so often, no matter what we're doing in life, like this can apply. So we look at the results that we're getting in our, you know, in our careers, with our health, with a, a relationship, and we can look and we can try to focus and solve for the action to change the result. But ultimately what's driving that action is our thoughts and our feelings. And this is where I kind of had that epiphany moment of like, oh, huh, okay. But at the time I still was thinking, well, I don't have any strong emotions. So I don't, I don't know that I'm really emotionally eating. Like maybe I am, but there's got to be something more. And so it really took looking at, at things from a different perspective, being willing to, to keep trying and to keep pursuing options to see how could I really make this, how can I apply this and make this work for me? Like if this really was it, how do I do this? And so by joining her program and doing self-coaching scholars and looking at how do I apply this to my weight? How do I apply this to my my life? Taking other coaching that I had received previously around business and money and my worth and my value and feeling like so much of who I was and how good I was in my 
all the praise, so much of it was revolved around my body. And it was like, I had to earn it. I had to keep, and then I had to keep it. And so really taking a variety of different approaches and different things and, and looking at how do I really solve for this emotional eating? How do I start to show up differently for myself? And so a lot of the the questions, a lot of the worksheets that I've created, I've been piece, kind of piecemealing things from different people that I learned to help start to understand and trace back it. It's, we want to look at the circumstance under which we're eating, but we also want to look at what's really driving that. It's our thoughts and our feelings about that situation. And so by doing a little work, and I, and this was more work that I was doing with a life coach and business coach around my, my value and my worth and feeling like a burden as a kid and like I wasn't good enough and really kind of struggling in these other areas, starting to see that there were these kind of undercurrents of negative thoughts and feelings about myself that were just constantly there. Like it was something that I didn't even realize and recognize was there that had me eating and had me reaching for food. It was just so ingrained and so much a part of like how I did life, how I thought about myself that I didn't even see it as a problem. I didn't even see it as like, I, did, I didn't see the negativity for so long. It really became more aware the more that I started to journal and do some of these different kinds of exercises and to look at, you know, how can I, how can I get better and, and wanting to be, get better and, and wanting to pursue a business. And so in this, in this time when I was nannying, I was also deciding that I wanted to be a health coach and that this was more the, the direction I wanted to take my life where that's what I felt like um, came more like naturally and easily for me. But I also felt like while it was kind of an easy thing, I also felt like, how can I tell somebody just to hate carbs or like, <laughs> like I also felt like I was at war with food and how could I, I like I needed to work on my own relationship with food and my own relationship with myself. If I was going to help other people do that, like I wanted to be make sure I wanted to make sure that I was living in alignment and in integrity with what I wanted to then be teaching and helping people with. I didn't just want to be teaching like, we well, just eat low carb. And at the beginning, that is kind of what I was teaching was like, well, let's just healthify these things up. It was very much action-based. And so the more that I learned and the more that I worked on my my own thoughts and my own feelings, my own relationship to myself, the more I worked on my relationships with other people, the more I started to implement these these ideas and philosophies in my own life, the more it started to come out easily in my work. And it made so much more sense. And it's because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So the more I started to implement it when it came, you know, my thoughts, changing my thoughts around myself and my business could really help to change my thoughts around myself and my body. And it kind of goes back and forth. And a lot of times we have these criteria under which that we think we can earn our self-love. So at one point it was my body. Once I solved my body, then it was the business. Once I solved the business, then it became something else. And it's like this constant rotation of if we don't learn how to love ourselves, regardless of the circumstances around us, regardless of all the mistakes we made, and we start to just love ourselves for who we are and our our character and integrity and how we show up in the world, how we love the people around us, how we want to make a difference. We have to start there. Otherwise, we will always be chasing something else. We will always be chasing these external circumstances, thinking that's going to make us happy. That's going to make us confident. That's going to make us proud. Or that's going to be what will ultimately allow us to love ourselves. And so it's it's been this continuous process and this growing <laughs> kind of evolution. And I would say starting at the beginning of 2020 was when I really felt like I had a solid handle on things like emotional eating and overeating. And even though I was still overeating and emotionally eating at, at times, I 
I now had a process for how do I start to evaluate this? How do I assess this? I learned how to drop the shame and start to get curious and and just start to to wonder and, and ask myself questions and and look for what is possible? What could be the right answer? What could I do differently next time? And next time would come and maybe certain things wouldn't work or I would forget and I'd be like, oh, yep, got to do that. And so it took a couple of tries. It took some time of really implementing this in my own life, but now it's becoming more automatic. It's becoming more ingrained. But it's a process, you know, it takes some time and I'm still working through my own things and it's not a problem, right? It's not a problem that sometimes I still overeat. It's not a problem that sometimes I still emotionally eat. I get to learn and I get to um, just see how my change in circumstances is changing my thoughts. And now I can, I have new things to look out for. So this is, this has just been an incredible journey, <laughs> an incredible process of coming through. And, you know, I, I have a habit brain just like everybody else. So I have thoughts of, you know, that just come naturally of not being good enough, not being thin enough. Who do you think you are? That kind of imposter syndrome. I have a habit brain that is just trying to keep me safe, just like you do. And this is not a problem. I know my brain is always going to throw up excuses. It's always going to have justifications as to why we should keep eating when it tastes so good, as to why we should just have that little snack, as to how this is going to be way more better if we have a glass of wine. And it's more like I just get I get to learn more and more about myself and take this work deeper. Um, I but I've learned not to make myself wrong. And, you know, there are going to be times when I make mistakes. And so kind of recognizing that mistakes aren't a problem, learning how to change my thoughts around just even the word failure and what it means to fail. Um, Because a lot of times I would make it mean something very personal about myself. Um, It wasn't like, oh, I made a mistake. It was no, I am a failure and I suck. And it created a a lot of self-loathing. But like I explained on um, an episode a couple weeks ago about kind of comparing myself to other women. Like there is still that natural inclination of I'm I'm looking at, oh, she lost her baby weight in six weeks. Why haven't I done that yet? You know, or I can't celebrate this because, oh, it's taken me too long to get here. Or, you know, there's a variety of ways in which, again, our brain is just wanting to keep us safe. It's just wanting to avoid any type of pain and seek pleasure. And so that's one of the keys when it comes to ending emotional eating is really just recognizing our brain is going to try and solve for any type of emotion or thought. And it's found and it's just created this habit and decided that food is the most rapid, reliable, and effective way of creating that change in our emotional state. That's all. Like we've just realized, like our brain has just made this connection to you know, food makes me happy. Food comforts me. Food is the solution here. Um, food helps me unwind or relax. And you can put in anything here. It may not be food. It could be wine. It could be something else. But that's all we've done is we've just trained our brain to make that connection, which means all we have to do is now retrain our brain to make a different connection. And that's why I believe so strongly in coaching. That's why I know how powerful this can be because it has radically transformed my life in all areas in everything. Um, and it's been so amazing, so incredible to do like business coaching and <laughs> to then change relationships in my life, to change the way that I thought about myself, to change, you know, how I thought about things like money as well, to see how that it was impacting my relationship with food and like how I was doing health and fitness. And so it's it's been a process, but it's been so amazing. Like I don't use exercise as punishment anymore. 
that has been such a huge, huge victory for me, like really changing my philosophy and my approach to to food and to calories and to carbs and to fat and to exercise and really not, you know, not punishing myself because of the number on the scale, which is how I used to do things for so long. Um, and, you know, it, this is something where it doesn't have to take a lot of time. You know, just a single sentence, a single word, a single phrase, a single hour can really transform the way that you see the world. It can create some incredible shifts. And when these shifts start to compound and they build up, that's when you see like the ultimate results is these these kind of 1% improvements and changes and these slight shifts in your thinking just building up over and over and over. And that's part of what allows us to stay consistent as well. We need to have the mindset with the action and to couple that with consistency so that we can keep going and keep pursuing the things that we know are going to help. So I hope this has been helpful and enlightening just in, in hearing my story. Maybe you've, maybe part of it sounds, you know, very familiar to your own. Um, maybe this has resonated with you. So if this is something that you feel like could help you, if you think, well, maybe you are emotionally eating, maybe you do want to get to a place where you can lose weight eating the foods that you love. Maybe you're looking at wanting to change your relationship to food or the scale or to fitness and really create a much healthier, psychologically, a healthier um, relationship with these things or with yourself so that you can create better relationships with everyone else around you and in all other areas of life, then I would love to help. So the next step is to get on a discovery call with me. And this is where we spend one hour together really looking at where do you want to be in 12 months? What does this ideal life look like for you? Because the, the reality is it's not about the body. It's not like that is not the end all be all. We think the body is going to make us happy and it doesn't. We might be happy for a little while, but if we've nitpicked ourselves all the way down, we're still going to be nitpicking ourselves. We're still not going to be good enough and life isn't going to radically change right? People are still going to make douchey comments. There's still going to be traffic. Your kids are still going to have meltdowns. Like we're still going to run into these same things. And if you don't know how to handle those obstacles and those challenges without reaching for food, you're still going to struggle. And so we look at what kind of life do you want to create for yourself? Because you can keep gaining and losing the same 30 pounds over and over and over again, but it's frustrating as all get out. It's annoying as all get out. And it's, it wrecks your confidence and self-belief. And so what I do is help create a plan and a program that's going to help you to create the life that you want, that's going to help create that body that you crave in a way that feels good and sustainable and realistic and doable and fun and enjoyable, right? Like imagine if instead of thinking about diets and, and weight loss as punishment, imagine if we thought about it as being fun or enjoyable, like those are words we typically don't associate with it. But that's how you make it stick. That's how you make it long-term. And by solving for the emotional eating, by solving for these additional triggers, by better understanding the brain science and how your specific brain operates and the thoughts that it likes to throw at you to keep you eating when you're not truly hungry, that's how you're going to lose weight eating the foods you love. It's by taking a different approach. It's not just an eat this, not that kind of thing. We don't just focus on the action. We've got to get to the heart of the matter, which is your thoughts and feelings. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time and a couple weeks, a couple sessions to like pull all of that out, to really unravel these things. And once you start to notice some, you're going to see others come to the surface. That's totally normal. But this is what we do on the call. We spend an hour really going into what is the life that you want to create? Where are you right now? What do you see as some of the challenges and obstacles? And I'll show you what's really standing in your way. Because I guarantee it, does, it has nothing to do with the fact that you love carbs or sugar or wine or beer, like that is not what's keeping you stuck. 
So if you'd like my help, these are totally free. Then I would love for you to schedule a call. It's You can go to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule and there you'll be directed to my calendar. So on there, you find a time that works best for you and you book in. And this call will be via Zoom or phone. You got the option to pick. And it's a time where we can really focus on what do you want for your life? What is that pipe dream? Maybe you're not even sure that it's possible, but we'll, I'll help you create that to see that vision and then create the plan that's going to get you there. All right. These can be so powerful and so helpful. And like I said, it's totally free. You've got nothing to lose but 40 or 50 pounds. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that you have found comfort in understanding where I have come from and that I do understand what it's like to hate your body and to feel like you're at war with food and constantly exercising and using it as punishment. Like I've been there, done that, and I am so glad I am not there anymore. There is hope. And you may be just like me where you've tried a variety of things and walked away not losing any weight and feeling like this is total BS, but there is a better solution. We just need to try something different. I guarantee this is going to be radically different than anything you've ever done before. All the best ways. I hope you all have a great week and I will see you next time. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.